Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can see by today's title, I will be doing another What Went Down episode. And this time I will be giving you my final thoughts on Lies Hidden in My Garden. And I am actually excited to talk about Lies Hidden in My Garden because I know a lot of people did not actually finish this drama, even though they started it, or a lot of people just didn't even check it out, didn't even think to watch it. So I kind of want to talk about it for those who didn't watch it and have no desire to watch it but kind of want to know what went down (laughs) and lies hidden in my garden I think this would be the perfect episode for you because I will be kind of spoiling everything so if you do want to watch lies hidden in my garden do not listen to this episode because it's just going to be filled with all of the spoilers and all of the things that went went, what went down and so yeah not spoiler free but I definitely think I am going to kind of scale back on some of the discussion because there are some kind of triggering things that take place in this drama so I am giving a trigger warning here in case I do kind of stumble upon talking about some things in detail like domestic violence um some things with underage prostitution and things like that so I just I I'm gonna put that out there because it's going to come up, but I'm not going to go into any explicit details about it, of course. And I also, with these, what went down, will give you a synopsis right at the beginning, as I usually do. And then I'm going to follow that up with my final thoughts. Now, brace yourself for this synopsis. I've given this one already. And my let's see what's up. It's not the best synopsis, but I will kind of break it down and explain it a little bit better as I go through my final thoughts for this drama. Okay. So this is the synopsis for Lies Hidden in My Garden. We have Moon Ju Ran, played by Kim Tae-hee, who grew up in a very wealthy family. But now she is a housewife and married to Jae-ho, played by Kim Sung-oh, who is a pediatric doctor. And they live in a beautiful big house with a yard. Her peaceful daily life is then suddenly shook when she smells a strange smell in her backyard. This leads to Moon Juran eventually investigating her husband and meeting Chu Sang Un, played by M. Jian. Chu Sang Un lives a completely different life from Moon Juran. She grew up in a poor environment and even now suffers from financial difficulties. She lives in a shabby rented apartment with her husband Kim Yoo Bum, played by Che Jae-rim, and Kim Yoo Bum works for a pharmaceutical company. Sang Un is subject to domestic violence at the hands of her husband Kim Yoo Bum, and her life is absolutely miserable. But then one day she receives a phone call that her husband Kim Yoo Bum is dead. Now that is the synopsis that they give us on on Asian Wiki, I believe, and it's just not the best. Um, but the most important thing that I'm gonna you know kind of go through this episode with, I'm gonna kind of break it down to some compartments all right so the first compartment that I want to break it down into is just kind of like my just initial thoughts on this drama which I did give in a let's see what's up episode but I'm going to give it again um briefly here and then I want to go into the characters and then the overall story of this drama so let's start with my kind of initial thoughts and then kind of the main (laughs) the main thing that hits you as soon as you start this drama and it's the visual this drama is visually stunning it has such amazing cinematography it reminded me of little women from last year and call it love this year with its faraway shots and then like the solo framing of characters and extreme close-ups on the characters faces or very particular items i mean stunning beautiful could not look away I think that's half of the reason why I watched this drama was because I couldn't look away the shots were just mesmerizing so even when things weren't really taking place on the screen there really was a lot still going on for me to look at it's just like the way that things were visually being portrayed and I am a sucker for that I love beautiful cinematography I will just sit and watch things based off of what it looks like little woman (laughs) 
definitely was that for me. <laughs> but the cool thing about this drama, besides it being so beautifully, you know, beautifully shot, was that you could tell the way that it was telling its story that that was obviously playing into it so it wasn't that these were just gorgeous shots and looking pretty just to look pretty as I kind of felt <laughs> sometimes <laughs> with little women but in this one I feel like it matched the story and the characters very well the way that they shot certain things so that was just my initial kind of right out the gate the minute the drama opened you're hit with how beautifully shot this drama is now now I want to move into the characters which is the crux of this story of any story for me really but I definitely want to break down some of these characters so the first characters that I want to talk about would be our two women um our, our two main characters our two leads um Juran and Song Eun Kim Tae-hee plays Juran and Song Eun is played by Ji Yeon beautiful amazing performances top tier top notch Ji Yeon knows how to pick her roles she she knows how to pick her roles and whenever she shows up on set you better be prepared for her to blow you out the water it's always always she never lets you down and this role for her was no no different now the the cool thing about these two characters is that they set them up as complete um like kind of opposites or in the antithesis of one another we have judon who is this gorgeous well-dressed put together housewife who's married to this amazing pediatric doctor who seems to be so um involved in her life in her son's life and he's just he's just father of the year he's almost famous because he does like the the news report sometimes he's like the 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 doctor that they they have on to news channels to like give his opinion on certain things and so he's kind of famous you know he's just they just have like this she's perfect scenario her and her husband and her family and they're very wealthy and she's always been wealthy and then you have Sang Eun who is the complete opposite of that she has grown up poor she is still extremely poor she has the worst possible husband you could have he is so so abusive to her and her unborn child because she is pregnant when we meet her and he is just vicious and vile however you know these two women are technically going to find out that they have a lot more in common than they actually think now the other thing to know about characters here is that we want to talk about the husbands really quickly the two husbands Ho, played by kim sung oh the doctor and then we also have the abusive yoon bum who ends up dying at the beginning of this story and before he dies though we definitely get a, a good <laughs> we get a good s s couple scenes of him just being this horrible man that he is now this is interesting because the way that they portray the the two husbands is similar to the two wives in that in the beginning they seem to be the complete antithesis of each other one's this loving amazing husband and, and father and the other is not a, a loving husband or father he's actually abusive okay and so when we see them they're also put as the opposite of one another but then after we find out that our Yumbom character dies we start to really see how much more similar the um, J-Ho character actually is to Yumbom as well so it just was so wonderful how they set these characters up from the beginning there and um, trying to portray them as complete opposites of one another however over the course of the drama you see how similar these two sets of people are then moving on through characters we have the neighbor across the street <laughs> i'm gonna call her the neighbor across the street because her name's not even important um i mean i'm not saying it like her character's not important but i do feel like the neighbor across the street makes more sense so when we meet the neighbor across the street she is just moving in to the neighborhood but we find out very quickly that she's moving back into the neighborhood as in she used to live there previously however she has just recently moved back and when we meet her she is so bubbly happy-go-lucky she has the brightest little smile she's super sweet and kind she's also kind of a little gaudy she likes to be dressed up and styled well but she seems so 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 sweet and kind but the problem is that you can see that the neighborhood knows of her prior to her moving back in they know how she was before she left 
And so we get these moments of her being a little isolated in the town, as in most of the people in the neighborhood don't want anything to do with her. They kind of, you know, gossip behind her back because they call her a husband killer. They say that she has, she's known for being, um, I guess, killing, murdering her husband. We find out that's obviously not the, the case at all, what happened, but that's just the rumor that has followed her as she has returned back to this neighborhood and to this home that she says she has grown up all her life and so that's interesting right and the other thing to know about the neighbor across the street is that because she is so lonesome and no one's really you know taking to her after she's returned back to the neighborhood she does and she's right across the street from our Judon's home she kind of, she kind of takes on this kind of role of wanting to get to know Judon. She keeps going across the street trying to introduce herself. She wants to say hi. You know, she makes herself known across the street that, hey, I'm your neighbor to Judon. But the thing that we keep seeing is that Judon's husband, J-Hope, keeps kind of blocking this relationship. He keeps affronting it and kind of stepping in. And there's even points in the drama where he will tell the neighbor, oh, don't bother with my wife. She's dealing with a lot. She's she keeps to herself. She's not, you know, she doesn't want friends. She doesn't need friends right now. And this is tied to his character being the biggest gaslighter known to man. I mean, if he, the you know the story of where the term gaslight came from. Um, I can't remember the movie, but it's like about this. I don't even know if it's a movie, but like about the story of the husband whose wife, um, who he kept turning on the gaslight or turning off the gaslight or something in the home. And she kept being like, it keeps cutting on by itself or something like that. And he's the one doing it, but he pretends that, you know, she's making things up and like, absolutely not. This isn't happening on purpose so that she goes crazy and she goes mad. And I was like, I didn't know that was the origin of the the term or phrase gaslighting, but this drama and the J-Hope character and Judon, the way he does treats his wife is identical to that original kind of origin of the term gaslighting, as in this husband who's purposely going out of his way to keep her kind of mad in a way. And it's so heartbreaking to watch in the beginning there because it's just like frustrating. And it was driving me mad just watching the way that he was gaslighting her. I wanted to slap him. <laughs> it was so frustrating. So it was just fascinating that this, that we think in the very beginning that he's this really nice great husband and then we quickly see what type of husband he really is with the way that he gaslights her and he's purposely trying to keep her in this kind of medicated state um which is yeah we'll get into that a little bit more in a second now moving on to um, through the characters after the neighbor across the street situation um we do have the the mothers of our two two lead characters, Judon and Sangun, and this is I'm just bringing them up because I think it's always fascinating when there are mother characters and stories, and they present them as the reason that the the offspring or the children are the way that they are. It's so interesting and I always find it frustrating because you know how people are like oh daddy issues but it's never in a way they portray mommy issues like the way they do mommy issues it just makes it seem like the the person's entire life has been decimated and ruined because of their mother and that they are there is no way <laughs> they could have avoided being this horrible person or having this horrible life because of their mother and in this story, it's that in that way where both of the mothers of these women are just seemingly not good. They're a part of the main reason why they are unhappy and they have the lies that they have. And it makes those mother characters, you know, you you don't you, you're not happy with them. But I actually pitied them to some degree because it just felt like the weight of the world were on these mothers as in like, you are the reason, you are the purpose that everything that I have been and turned into is, you know, the, you are the reason. And I don't know if that's always fair. And I think there's a moment at the end with our um, our mother of Sangun who kind of tries to release her daughter from this 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 pain and this hurt and I really enjoyed that scene I'm gonna be honest there was this moment where the mother kind of lets her know 
who's actually um, suffering from dementia and she had been put into a home. Um, and she, in you know, during her kind of right mind, she tells her daughter, tells Song Eun, hey, just so you know, I want you to have nothing to do with me and this family anymore. You don't have to worry about us. You don't need to give any more of you to us. It's just cut your ties, forget we exist. And then she just has one request because again, Song Eun is pregnant and she says, just send me a picture when the baby's born and that's it. You don't have to give me a return address on the envelope. Just just send a picture of the child. And that's all I ask from you from here on out. And it was such a beautiful moment to me because again, the way that you you how Sang Eun portrays this mother and how this mother has been the the reason she is the way that she is and then having them kind of cut those ties. I thought that was very um I thought it was meaningful and important. And I thought they were, that was a great scene to showcase like, hey, let's part our ways. They're still mother and daughter. And, you know, that's never going to change. But we know what was best for our individual lives going forward is just cutting ties. And I thought that was very um, weirdly healthy in a way. So that was just a side ramble. Sorry, there. I got a little distracted by that point. (laughs) Okay. And then the other characters that I want to just bring up are the sons, are the children of our two women. So uh, with Judon, she has a teenage son and he is one of the catalysts for all of the the kind of breakdown of what happens in this story. He's kind of right at the heart and the center of it. And then we also have um, Song Eun, who's pregnant, and she ends up giving birth to a son at the very, very end there. And I only bring the this this notion up of both of the sons, even though we don't really get to see the little the little boy at the end of the story. But I bring them both up because while she is pregnant, while Song Eun is pregnant, that is something that she um, kind of refers to. And it's so, I mean, of course she refers to it, but there's this weirdness in the beginning of the story where I don't even know she's pregnant, right? I, I think in my Let's See What's Up episode, I was like, why is she pretending to be pregnant? I remember thinking, well, I don't understand why she's pretending to be pregnant. And come to find out, she really is pregnant, but it was the way that she was very dismissive of this child in her stomach. And, you know, she was very dismissive, so it appears. But what we find out is she is really... Um, protecting that baby but she's also I think shame like in like shameful to face that child there's a point in the story where she is talking to I believe the doctor and the doctor is telling her you have to do what you need to do to be happy and fulfilled and you know looking at good things and just feeling good because your baby sees all that your baby's seeing what the mother's seeing the baby's taking what the mother's taking in and while while she sees she's having this meeting with the doctor we know that she has literally just just, she's just been through the constant beating with this baby in her child in her belly and then we also know that her husband is dead you know there's a funeral there she has no money there's just not a lot of good things in her life and there really hasn't been ever and so to hear this from the doctor of course we and Sang Eun are like well <laughs> good luck with that and she even says like you know the child is almost like a witness and hearing her say that was when it clicked for me that her son this unborn unborn child for her is a point of pain before he has even arrived this child is a child that has been through as much as the the hurt and pain that she's been through without it even being born yet so that is also tied to what happens to her husband his his death all of that her being pregnant and her having this baby was all tied to how her husband died so that is just something I wanted to bring up and kind of summing up all of the really kind of key players in this story now let's get into the story because obviously I didn't give you much there but I tried to give you a little bit of sense of the characters without letting you know all that actually went down so now let's talk about what actually went down um 
And I'm probably going to be all over the place with the sequencing because the story itself is kind of out of sequence in the beginning there. It purposely kind of starts with a dream sequence and a flashback. And then it goes into um, like one day of the week and then it goes back into the, the day of the week after that, you know, the days of the week that happened before that day, you know, so it's like the before the incident, after the incident kind of thing. So it was out of sequence a lot in the earlier episodes on purpose. And I think of obviously they did this because the story is based off of a novel and you can tell with its time constrictions, I mean, with its time restriction of eight episodes, it really had to do its best to tell that novel. And I think the way that they started the drama with a couple of, you know, out of sequence moments in these earlier episodes was genius. It actually really, really set the stage for how the story was going to play out and the pacing of it. And I think that it was a wise choice and I think they did a great job at pacing the story and telling a lot of the whole story, I think in this eight episodes, because I don't know about the whole novel, but I do feel like the story that they told was very complete and very succinct and it really kind of played itself all the way out and I really really appreciate that but anywho the story starts off with the the kind of happenings around this particular um, instance we we meet our characters all in their different spaces all in their different what they're dealing with in their current daily lives we have a housewife who's medicating because she has really bad anxiety and she has these horrible nightmares and she remembers the the kind of death of her sister who she stumbled upon her sister's dead body and she witnessed this you know the rotting of her own sister so she still struggles and deals with that we meet a husband who is on TV, you know, smiling, talking about being a pediatric doctor. But then at the same time, he's being called up to his son's school because his son is doing some kind of, he's acting really in a concerning way to his teachers and they don't know what's going on with him. And his father kind of brushes it all off and kind of shuts down the, the, the school's, you know, intrusion or questioning of what's going on with his son. And then you also meet our son. Sang-un character who is getting beat, you know, across the room in her, you know, in her small, tiny apartment with her, um, you know, her husband, who appears to be doing some really shady things behind the scenes and she's not privy to what he's doing but he kind of has like is dragging her around for this stuff and it's just a lot right out the gate. It's a lot. And I think I said that <laughs> in my let's see what's up episode and i've heard that uh, from other people who started the drama and didn't end up finishing the drama was how it was just a lot they threw a lot at us in the first two i would say three episodes and it was obviously on purpose because again they were trying to get all of this story in in these eight episodes and i think even with it being a lot it it's kind of settled itself out after the first couple episodes. I'm, I'll be honest. It was a lot for me too. So if you bowed out in the first two episodes of Lies Hidden in My Garden, I'm not mad at you. It was a lot, but it was really worth it to stick it out because it does kind of balance itself out. You can tell they had to do that out of necessity. And it wasn't too bad where I saw myself out too. You know, I thought it was like, it's a lot, but I was intrigued. It, they gave me so much up front that I was like, okay, now I got to figure out something of what's going on in this story. So it, it was a lot, but it was a lot that kept me um, interested in to see what happens. Now, the next thing that I think is important about this story is, again, these relationships that form between all of these people. So the most important one would have to be our relationship between Sang Eun and Judon. And so then with these two women and their relationship and how they form, it really starts because of Sang Eun's dead husband. Her husband ends up dying and it appears to be foul play, but the police rap are trying to wrap it up as a suicide. It looks like he just committed suicide, right? And when we meet Sung Eun and her at the husband's funeral and how her husband has was connected to Judon and Jeho, she immediately starts to point the finger at Jeho. 
Judon's husband as the reason why her husband is dead. And the reasons why she places this blame on him is because it appeared to be that her husband was trying to blackmail him with some kind of information. And so, of course, if he was getting blackmailed and he didn't want this situation, whatever the situation was to come to light, it would be wise to kill this man. Right. And they were supposed to meet the same night that he ends up dead. And Sang-un presenting this information to Judon, of course, makes Judon start to second guess and question her husband. And that's where their relationship starts. Their relationship starts with them trying to unravel what really went down with the murder of Sang-un's husband, but also with Judon's husband, because what was he being blackmailed for? What is that story really? And if he did get blackmailed, why did he really kill this man? You know, so Judon has is very invested in kind of figuring this stuff out with Sang-un. And I think it made sense that they kind of join forces. But the gag is, okay, the gag is, is that, and here's spoilers, guys. The gag is, is that Sang-un killed her own husband. Okay, so we get from the very opening of this kind of this this man's death, this this kind of big blow up moments with Sang-un and Judon and all of this. She's pointing fingers at Judon's husband, making Judon question her husband and all of this. All the while, Sang-un is the culprit. She is the one who actually murdered her husband. Now, her reasonings for murdering her husband, to me, makes sense, okay? She was, had an unborn child in her belly. She was getting beat day in and day out. She wanted to save her, her child and herself. To her, it was, it was him or us, and I chose to take him out before he took us out. So at the end of the day, I mean, do I agree with killing people? No, but at the same time, you kind of understand her line of thinking and what happened to her husband. But the joke is, is that her pointing the finger at someone else and making this big hoopla about somebody, her husband being murdered, takes attention off of her, obviously, during the investigation and puts it onto someone else. But also, if his death is ruled a suicide, then the insurance that was taken out by her husband on his, you know, his life insurance, she wouldn't get any money. He would have had to be murdered to actually have had that money. So she finds even more motivation to really, really, really pin this on Judon's husband. Now, Judon's husband ends up figuring out that something's going on with his wife and this woman and they're trying to you know unravel something about him and he doesn't want any parts of that of course he's like no absolutely not he even takes it upon himself to start to see that it may be Song Eun who actually killed her husband and is trying to put it on him because he didn't he did not kill her husband so he knows like she's going this gung-ho about I me killing her husband and I know good and darn well I didn't kill her husband something's going on with her so he starts to put that pug the kind of like bug in his wife's ear that it's all you know a game that she's playing so that I can take the blame and ruin our family while she gets money you know for her husband's life insurance but by that point though this is the the other kicker by that point in their investigation these two women trying to unveil the truth about this murder of this man they stumble upon this blackmail information that her husband had and Sangun's husband really was blackmailing Judon's husband he had information about um potentially a relationship or inappropriate relationship um that Sangun, I'm sorry, that Judon's husband was having with some kind of child prostitution ring. He wasn't sure of their, his connection exactly with this child prostitution ring, um, but he he found some kind of information based off of this phone that was found in the car of Judon's husband. Judon's husband had, you know, dropped this phone in his car. Sangun's husband finds this when he's in his car with him one time because they work together in this weird, weird pharmaceutical doctor way and he sees that this phone is 
for this young girl. And in the young girl's phone is information about Judron and her family. So Judron and her husband. And so he starts to piece these pieces together of like, obviously this is a phone of a, you know, a teen prostitute. I think, and I found this in this man's car. He must be doing something he shouldn't be doing with this girl. And then the women stumble upon this information and then it turns into them trying to figure out what happened to this girl because they can't find her they're trying to find her so that they can get information about this girl right they can't find her they can't find her anywhere and that's when it goes all the way back to the beginning of the drama and the beginning of the drama we open in round episode two, I believe, at the end of episode two, with our Duran saying that she smells the stench coming from their yard, their backyard. She smells the stench of rottingness, like rotting flesh. And she knows this stench because of when she found or discovered her sister's dead body. She knows what this smells like and she is smelling that through her home. She's like, this is horrible. Her husband gaslights her into thinking she smells absolutely nothing. Her neighbor across the street, remember the neighbor? Smells it while she's standing outside outside of her gate. She smells this stench. So the stench is there, all right? And that makes obviously Judon even more suspicious she digs up where she thinks the stench is coming from she sees a hand again this is at the end of episode two so this is not that much of a spoiler she sees a hand she freaks out she rushes her husband's like what are you doing rushes out and you know to stop her and she tells him i think i saw something i saw something i saw a hand at the in our yard he goes into the yard tells her to go inside the house pretends like he's looking pretends like he's looking for something goes back to the kitchen, you know, jokes with her and pretends that, oh, it was just a glove that you saw. It wasn't a real hand. He literally throws this like glove filled with dirt at her. He's like, oh, this is all this was. It wasn't a real hand. Mind you, it was a real hand, okay? But she doesn't, you know, investigate any further. And we, you know, we know it was a real hand, but we also allow him to gaslight her into thinking she saw something she made something up of course she's seeing things her sister's death anniversary is coming up you know it's you know it just he had all the right ways to kind of convince her that she had saw nothing but then when we are obviously in this point where we're figuring out more about this missing young girl it all starts to make sense right you know so then it turns into that's whose body was in the yard that's whose body was in the backyard this young teen prostitute who's been missing and no one doesn't no one's reported her really missing yet because she's you know always been on the run kind of in the streets right so no one's actually reported this until her body finds ends up in the in the woods and they discover this body so then the police investigation begins and when this girl's body turns up dead ding 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 it hits Judon she's like okay screw screw Sangun's husband he didn't kill him got it Sangun ended up killing her own husband got it but who killed that girl and when she thinks that who's the first person that comes into her mind her own husband because she was investigating with Song Eun. They were figuring out some things and her her husband's connection to this young girl. And so it starts to all make sense to her. After it makes sense to her, she goes through the, the process of kind of inquiring from her husband. What happened? Somebody tell me what happened. Who is this girl? What went down? Then one of our episodes, we get what actually went down. And they show us this. It's not that way just kind of like, you know, tell us and the husband confesses. They actually go flashback and they show us what actually goes down. And the other thing that this story does is they do this kind of like um, this black and white kind of retelling of these these kind of flashbacks. And that was also just kind of just cinematic, a wonderful cinematic choice. Um, But anywho, so they go back and they show us this young girl. And her interactions with um, 
Judon's husband. And it appears that, and I'm still not even entirely clear, or I think they did a good job of clarifying her real connection to Judon's husband, but it apparently is tied to these these kind of wealthy people, these wealthy doctors um, in his community um, being involved in this kind of prostitution ring and them basically you know having using these these young women um for various things again we don't see this but it kind of is like kind of stated weirdly i think and like i said they could have done a better job at explaining this but from what i picked up it seemed as if he was aware of the way that his colleagues and these folks that were big people and this this kind of investment that he was trying to do with his, you know, his pediatric hospital and stuff like that, they were all involved in basically taking part in this prostitution ring. And he was familiar with this teen prostitute because of that. And in one day, her trying to approach him and also solicit him, he immediately cuts her down and he even says something very vile and vicious to her um and he tells her that she should have never been born he was like people like you should never be born he says this to this teenage girl and she hears this and i guess takes it upon herself to get back at him and in taking it upon herself to get back to him she approaches his son so this is when I said her son is actually at the crux of this story. And we don't really know he's at the crux until the, like we're halfway through the drama by this point when we get this story unveiling. Um, and so she she basically approaches her son, his son and she kind of makes it like, oh, you know, I need help with studying da, 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 and convinces him to bring her back home. So she goes home to, of course, this doctor's home that she, you know, hates at this point. And she's with her, with his son and she's in his room. And while she's in his room, she's kind of just like looking around, you know, and then it takes a turn. And in taking a turn, she basically says to him, and I don't know if she's admitting if this is the truth, we will, we don't ever know, but she tells him that she is pregnant with his father's baby. When the son hears this, when Judon's son hears that his, she was like, I'm going to be your mother soon, basically is what she says. He gets so angry, he pushes her down the stairs. He pushes this teen girl down the stairs. And of course, she's extremely injured. And at that point, he, I believe, calls his dad and his dad comes home. When his dad comes home, he sees the girl bleeding out on the floor. He picks this girl's lifeless body up. I mean, she's not dead yet, actually. He picks this girl's body up and he pushes her into his son's closet. After pushing her into his son's closet, he kind of cleans up the mess. And then it's like between him and his son, this secret. The next day, the son forgets that obviously, I don't even know if it was the next day, but the son forgets about the fact that this girl is literally in his room, in his, in this closet. And so he's downstairs eating breakfast. And then they hear a loud kind of thumping noise upstairs. The mother, Judon, she hears it and she's like, what was that? You know, she thinks she'd hear something, right? And of course we push it off, nothing, heard nothing, could nothing, nothing. The son goes upstairs to check on this and he sees the girl outside of the closet on the floor and seeing her on the floor, she's crawling towards him and she's grabbing on his leg like, please, you know, save me, help me. The son freaking out, of course, but he looks down at her. He says, okay, okay, okay. Just wait, just wait. Cause he's getting ready to go to school. Judon's down there like, okay, it's time to go to school. And he's like, just wait, I'll come back. I'll come back. Just wait. He leaves her in his room on the floor and leaves to go to school. While he's at school, he looks very anxious. He looks like he's like, you know, trying to get out of class. He's trying to pretend like he's sick so he can get out of class and get back home. But who returns home first? His father. And Judon is there and she's getting ready to go somewhere. And he's and she's like, I heard something upstairs. And he's all like, oh, you didn't hear anything. You know, gaslighting her as usual, ushers her out the home. 
She leaves. The father's left there. He goes to the girl who's still alive now, still alive. He takes her and then he takes her to the backyard. The girl is still alive. The son returns home from school and he's looking for, he goes to his room because he's looking for the girl that he said he was going to come back for. Instead, what he walks up, walks, you know, walks into is the fact that outside in the backyard, he sees his father with the girl laying on the ground and his father is digging. He's digging. He's looking at this girl through the window in the home. He's, you know, upstairs looking down to the outside at his father digging this grave while the girl is laying next to the dad and she looks over to you know, the girl, he can see the girl looking up at the window towards him. And then what happens next? Juan's husband, the boy's father, Jeho, climbs on top of the girl and begins to strangle her to death. After he strangles her to death, while the son is watching, he doesn't know the son is watching, but the son is watching, he buries the girl in the backyard. So then it all flesh, it fleshes out, it all makes sense. And this is something that Judon's son ends up revealing to his mother and the problem is is that before he reveals the true story of how this girl died um to his mother to, to Judon it's after it's after they have admitted the father and Judon's son that the girl was buried in the backyard and that apparently their son killed her so the problem that arises is that Judon is told by her husband and by her son initially that he is the reason the girl died. He pushed her down the stairs and she died. And, you know, the father being a father wanted to protect his son and didn't want to ruin his, her, you know, his son's life. He got disposed of the girl's body. That is the story that he presents to Judon. But later on, the son really, really admits the truth in that she was still alive and he came back to help her and he saw his father strangle that girl to death and then bury her in the backyard. And Judon takes a lot of problem with that. Her problem then becomes, now you're lying on my son's name and that I will not allow. So Judon approaches Sang Eun at this point and they make a plan to kill Dudan's husband. She at this point already knows that Sangun has killed her husband, so she's like, she's she's got experience. She knows what to do, so she makes a whole plan with Sangun to kill her husband. And we see the way that this drama sets it up. You get to see how it will play out. They basically have Sangun detailing to Judon what the plan would look like, all the steps they would need to take. And we get to watch this. We actually get to see the plan unfolding. And then before it happens, right? So then when it actually starts to happen, we're like, okay, we saw this already. We know what's going to happen. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You know what they do instead? The story, it, it switches on us. So how we saw the story playing out as in how they were going to kill Judon's husband, it starts off the same way as they showed us. And then all of a sudden, which was a part of it was um, Judon was supposed to um, medicate her husband, like have him drink a little smoothie that she makes him. And he was supposed to pass out and be into deep sleep. Cause that's kind of how Sangun had killed her husband. She had kind of, you know, put him to put him to sleep and then, you know, drove his car into the water. So basically that was a part of their plan. She would arrive to their home. Sangun would arrive to their home after he had been, you know, medicated and put to sleep. And so then the, the whole killing thing would take place when she arrives guess who's not sleeping who attacks her yep judon's husband mm-hmm mm-hmm while judon's standing there while judon is standing there after they have planned this whole plot together song Eun gets taken down by her husband he stabs her with something and, and she passes out and she while she's passing out says i should have never trusted that woman she literally says that she's like i should have never trusted her so then the story the end of this drama is the fact like 
oh, Judon and her husband actually planned to kill Sun-un, not the other way around. This was a part of a bigger plan of they were going to kill Sun-un because she knew too much. She knew too much. We needed to get rid of her. She got to go. But guess what? A story twists again and mind you this is like the end of the drama so it, it all these like m- mini twists are like all happening back to back to back so we get back to the story and sung Eun, and this is like the last episode sung Eun has been you know basically they're getting ready to kill her her husband judon's husband is in the backyard digging another grave like he likes to getting ready to kill this woman ready to take take her out like he knows how to do now and while that's happening, we see Judon approach a waking Sangun. She's still on the ground tied up, but she's awaking. And when she sees her awaking, what does she do? She places a scalpel in Judon's hands, who are, which are tied behind her back so that she can then free herself. So then you're like, wait a second. So maybe, wait, what happened? Like maybe Judon's not trying to kill Sangun? Like, okay, they're working together still. So then that turns into she's pretending to lay on the ground you know like she's you know not freeing her arms and her hands at the moment while Judon approaches her husband who's coming back in after digging the grave and they're getting ready to take care of business and she approaches him being like okay now can you just tell me like what really happened why did you kill that girl and he's like what are you talking about I told you our son killed her and she's like no he didn't he told me you killed her why did you kill her and while she's like, you know, basically approaching him and kind of calling him out on like admitting the truth, he goes into this whole speech about, you know, I was trying to protect our family, da 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 da. Again, no, revel- no actual revelation or reveal about what this girl did to this man to make him think he had to strangle her to death. Nobody knows, but he basically was like, she was going to keep bothering us. You know, he, he, he's just like crying at this point. He's literally crying to Judon and Judon was just shaking her head. Just kind of like, no, you should have never lied to me about my son. Like he did not do that. He was distraught after knowing what happened. He didn't know what to do with himself after what happened. Like he wanted to turn himself in and you wouldn't let him, you know, she's going back and forth, going back and forth. And that's when he notices that Sang Eun seems to be awake. When he approaches her to check to see if she's awake, he's like, you know, he pushes Judon out the way. He's like, I ain't got time to be arguing with you. We got a woman to kill. He goes over to, to Sang Eun. She jumps up, of course, and she stabs him, you know, sc- you know, with the cups him with the, the scalpel that she has in her hand. And he catches on like that how does she get that scalpel right so then he's beating up Sang Eun obviously trying to keep her down but he, it clicks to him that oh my goodness my wife she trying to take she trying to kill me now so then he of course is they're fighting one another him and his wife and he is trying to, he you know she crawls up to the top of the stairs he's following her and he starts to strangle her as he's crying and he's crying and he's just telling her you know like this is your fault your it's all your fault you know and he's and he's trying to kill his wife and while he's you know crying out to her and telling her everything's her fault and why he's killing her is her fault Song Eun is down at the bottom of the stairs really hurt and she's crawling towards the back window which is covered with blinds and she pulls down on those blinds and of course it reveals everything that's going on in the home because it's just kind of big open concept home and she starts to kind of try to bang she gets she starts to bang you know on that on that window and across the street the neighbor is outside on her little terrace she sees this she's like what's going on down there i see a woman on her you know crawling on the floor what's going on so she immediately starts rushing downstairs to go go across the street she gets closer to the street. She gets closer to the home and she can't get in. She's ringing the doorbell. Of course, she can't get in. He's still trying to strangle his wife to death while Sang Eun's trying to get the attention of the neighborhood. So what does she do? She grabs this big, gorgeous vase and she slams it through the window, through the glass. It shatters the entire back window, back door, whatever you want to call it. It shatters completely. And then, of course, the other the woman across the street the neighbor across the street she had also called the cops on her way you know because she was like what's going on i see this woman you know across the street on the ground you know so all of that starts to take place 
And when the husband, you know, gets jolted away, you know, from strangling his wife because of the glass shattering and what's going on downstairs, he turns to go downstairs. Guess what Judon does? She pushes him down the stairs. He dies instantly. So then the drama ends with Sangun getting away with murdering her husband, giving birth to her son, starting a new life, and and literally just moving on with her life. While our Judon character ends up going to jail for the death of her husband, um, but you know, with good reason. She she knew she said she had no she had no qualms with her killing her husband. She made peace with it. She said he messed with her son by lying on her son and ruining everything for her son. So she was like, he had to go and she's done with it. And she ends up going to jail. But there's this beautiful moment at the very end of the drama, we, not the very end, but at the end when um, Dudon has been sentenced and she's on her way, you know, getting on the little bus to get taken away to prison when Sang Eun ends up kind of um, seeing her across the way and she kind of comes to visit her. And you find out that Judon actually tells during the investigation that Sang Eun is just a victim. She did nothing wrong. She, her husband killed her. You know, her husband really was the murderer of her husband, of Sang Eun's husband. Like she completely clears Sang Eun's name and of course Sang Eun you know when she approaches this woman she's like why would you you know why would you do that basically and she's like so I can live my life you know what I mean she's like I want to just be free of some of this stuff and it's just a very muted you know simple ending (laughs) with one woman you know going to jail and another woman going on to live her life and it was just like the end and I didn't think the ending needed anything more than that i mean she literally killed her husband so of course she had to go to jail but the fact that song Eun got off of it got you know got away from you know killing for, with killing her husband i thought was very interesting and i think it is tied back to this concept of what i mentioned earlier with song Eun when she told um talked about her her unborn child when she was explaining to juran why she killed her husband she specifically says it was because I was trying to save two people. She was like, I was trying to save me and my child. So I thought it was worth it. <laughs> That's literally what she explains. And so, you know, Judon asked her, like, do you regret killing your husband? And Sang Hoon says, no, I don't because of that very reason. And so then after all of this goes down, it's kind of a, a similar situation where she's like, you know, Judon does not regret killing her husband because of she feels like she was saving multiple people, right? So it's just it was just interesting. It was just interesting that they ended up going that route and how they finished that story. But that is the story. That is that is the story. And I wanted to say like go through all of those moving pieces because just like the beginning of the drum world, like it's a lot. It was a lot, but I think going through the rest of the the, the episodes, the way they kind of reveal some of the twists and things like that it was done very well like I don't want you guys to feel like it was just like a big soap opera mess like no it was all done very very well and the thing that I I enjoyed most about it was that while all these kind of big moments were happening it was all tied to the the kind of reveals of these characters and like who they really were like you know Judon's husband oh my gosh, like the fact that he had lied on his own son, like that was a big reveal about his personality and the type of character that he really was. And I think I like how they revealed that. You know what I mean? I know it sounds dramatic. And it's like, what? He was killing folks? You know, he was he was lying on his son, all of that. But it was just like, I I think those were very interesting ways to reveal the, these characters and how they really are. Same thing with Judon. As she, when we first meet her, she is this, you know, very quiet, mute. She's, you know, an- anxious all the time. She just, you know, she doesn't want anyone to bother her. She's just to herself. She takes her medication, you know. Then to find out she's ready to kill her husband by the end of this darn thing. And it's not something that's new to her character because 
the reason why they ended up moving because originally they lived in Seoul and they moved to this neighborhood because of her this incident that happened when they were in Seoul and what the incident was was that Judon after you know experiencing the death of her sister and everything that went down she's convinced that the man that lived next to her sister killed her sister and then years pass and she sees this man being the teacher of her son at her son's school and she is immediately like absolutely not this man is a murderer he killed my sister and she kind of kind of loses it about this this teacher and so so much so that her son she doesn't want to go to this field trip because she knows the teacher's going to be at that field trip and she's like I don't want you to go there I don't trust him and then her son goes anyway so she finds her son on this field trip and she's trying to find the man this teacher also and in doing so she basically attacks somebody you know like she freaks out so we know she has it in her we we she we always know she has it in her it's just that it has been you know kind of muted and it has been pressed down and it has been medicated away but she had that in her the entire time so to make her be like this antithesis to song song un who ends up killing her husband it's like no jurong was not that much different than song un at all and the same thing with the husbands they were not that different at all one was physically abusive but the other one was just emotionally abusive and then turned out to be an actual murderer you know so it was a lot going on there now my qualms with this drama would be some of the things that i think were holes as in they did not fill them properly or they did not explain them properly enough for me to understand them and so to me it's a hole you know the the main one being what really happened to judon's sister this is a very prevalent throughout the story because of Judon's character being affected to the day to this day about the passing of her sister or the murder of her sister and how people blamed her for this and yet I don't know what really happened to her sister I could have just missed that but to me they didn't do a good job of explaining that or showing that the other big qualm that I have is this situation with the teen prostitute what was her really backstory with the whole you know what was the problem that he had with her because the way he cut her down when she approached him man i mean i can understand why she had a little attitude with him as well so i don't understand what was her real connection to judon's husband and his his kind of i guess field of folks that he worked with like they never properly showed that there was even a moment with like his dad like a scene with his dad being involved and i was like oh maybe his dad is one of the people who was involved with this teen girl and so that's why he despises the teen girl but they don't explain that enough they don't show that enough they they don't they don't they don't even if they say they did they didn't okay so that was those were my two big qualms but my big takeaways my kind of favorite thing about this drama besides the cinematography was the way that they portrayed these two women um, and how they were able to tell their stories simultaneously it was beautiful it was genius you know because they were basically dealing with similar situations without them being so apparent that they were similar and yet by the end of this drama we get them thinking and acting the exact same way and I really really love that I really really love that um I think eventually Judon at the very end I think she does get out of jail at some point um because I feel like they are like there's there's like a little scene when she's back at the house and she's like looking up at the sky kind of like you know meditating and, and thinking aloud uh, about Song Eun and hoping she's doing okay and they show her with the neighbor across the street and her son you know eating outside in the yard so she does end up getting out of jail but she obviously did do some time um and but now she feels like she's living and that she saves a couple people's lives and you know so i just really really enjoyed this drama i think they did a great job with it i i'm gonna be honest i thought it was great i thought it was really good yes it was messy yes there was a lot that happened in the beginning there but the way they told the story guys it was really really had you on the edge of your seat super beautiful to watch super intriguing the character development for sang un and the way that they portrayed their characters beautiful perfect wonderful loved it so i just and the performances top tier so i don't know i really enjoyed this one i think 
that there are some holes like i said the things that are missing and obviously could have been better um, you know shown but overall i really really think this was a pretty darn good drama and i think a lot of people should still give it a chance <laughs> so hopefully if you listen to this all the way through you have already watched it or you're really planning on not watching it because i totally just told you all that happened in the story but at the same time i really enjoyed it and those who didn't want to watch it and listen to this i hope this kind of fills in what you you know didn't end up watching so you don't have to feel like you missed anything okay (laughs) but that's it guys that's what went down and lies hidden in my garden those are my final thoughts and that's all for this episode so thank you so much for listening and whether you're listening in the morning or the afternoon or in the evening i hope you have a great day so everyone it's been real lola's off